So today we're talking about God's timing. And I have several stories here for you about different people and their experiences when God showed up for them in the perfect time. So the first one is a story that my friend Sue Weaver wrote, and she just wanted me to read it to you. So it's titled The Quilt. How did she know? She didn't, but God did. The ornament itself was beautiful, a mother rocking her child, a blue quilt wrapped around them both. But it was the handwritten note that accompanied it that sent chills down my spine. Winter and I have a love-hate relationship. Oh, I love what it represents. I love being inside watching my feathered friends at the snow-caped feeder. I love cozy fires in the wooded stove, cinnamon candles, and hot cocoa. Most of all, I love snuggling with my children under homemade quilts, a stack of books at our side, reading the hours away. Right along with that, however, there are germs and flu bugs everywhere. There's cold air that stirs up asthma. There's prednisone that turns little boys into monsters bouncing off the walls. There are antibiotics, hospitals, and sleepless nights. It was only October, and already the boys had missed days of school and had had several doses of antibiotics. I had a new baby to care for and still recovering from childbirth and months of bed rest, winter loomed ahead. I was tired and discouraged. I poured my frustrations out to my mom. Just what is the plan here? I'm not super mom. I'm not made of steel. How am I supposed to care for my baby, keep my children healthy and get better myself? Not to mention all the other tasks that needed doing. A few mornings later, there was a knock on my front door. My cousin popped her head inside, her cheerful smile proceeding as she set a package on the floor. I'm in a hurry, she said, but there's something for you. I was delighted. There was a lovely baby gift underneath that was a willow tree box and a note. Sue, it read, when I saw this willow tree, the quilt, I thought of you right away. I was thinking of you and your boys who are sick now and then, or more often than that. And how how you, as a mom, take such wonderful care of them, and how sometimes it seems too much to handle. But this woman rocking her child, I think that's how God is with us, in his arms, resting in his peace. May you think of that when you have a down moment. Love, Betty. How did she know? She didn't, but God did. My cousin just simply heeded what God had nudged her to buy that willow tree gift for me. She picked up a pen and wrote what God put on her heart. She didn't know, but God did. He knows what warm quilts mean to me. He also knows when I needed encouragement. He chose to bless me that day, to assure me of his love, a reminder that he is always with me, to gently wrap me in his quilt, to pillow me in his arms. My child, I see, I know, and I care. So that was our first story for the day. And that was, again, written by Sue Weaver. The second story we'll hop right into. Okay, hey, I'm excited to have my friend Larissa here. Larissa, welcome. And you can introduce yourself. Oh, thank you, Trudy. Um, I am Larissa Maybaugh. Um, I attend the Smithfield Church. And my husband, David, and I have been married for 25 years. And we have two children that we adopted from Ethiopia. Um, our first son, Yakala, was adopted in 2009. And our second son, Sintayu, was adopted in 2012. 
Awesome. 25 years? Yeah. How did I miss that? (laughs) Yep. 25 years this past January. Time flies. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. You don't seem old enough. (laughs) Okay. So you have a story about God's timing and how God's timing is perfect. I do. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a small little story, but I think it shows that God is in the details um, and that we can trust him even with the smallest things in our life. Um, I know that there are some people going through some really, really hard things right now, and um, this is just a tiny story, but hopefully it will help people to understand um, how big God is. So in April of 2012, we were going to be going over to Ethiopia for the court date um, for our second son, Sentayu. And we were going to be leaving on April 16th. And we were planning to take um, our five-year-old son, Yakalo, with us back to see his birth country. And on Tuesday, April 3rd, we received an email from our adoption agency stating that sometime in the very near future, Ethiopia would no longer issue visas on arrival. Um, and that change in a policy was supposed to go into effect at some point during the month of April, although no one seemed to know if it would be April 1st, April 8th, April 23rd, or some other random unknown date. Um, the Ethiopian embassy in Washington, D.C. was telling different people different things. And so our adoption agency and our travel agency strongly suggested that we get our visas prior to our trip. Um, one interesting little thing is that as of today, they still don't require you to have your visa before you enter. So, you know, eight <laughs> years later, uh, they're still allowing you to get visas on entry. But this is what we were told back then. So um, mm-hmm. that, of course, meant that we had to send our passports off to Washington, D.C. to have the Ethiopian embassy put a visa inside each one of them. So to those of you who are seasoned international travelers, maybe that doesn't seem like a big deal at all. But it was causing very widespread panic among several of the members of our agency's Facebook group. Um, and there were a lot of us leaving for Ethiopia really soon. For us personally, our departure was only 12 days away. Um mm-hmm. Traveling international internationally brings out my inner OCD, and I guard our passports maniacally for days beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I can pretty much guarantee that when we travel internationally, um, I'm going to be checking my carry-on for my passport about 10 times on the way to the airport <laughs> just to make sure that, you know, I have it. It's still there. Yeah, and I was not keen on sending it out, you know, just a few days before our departure. Um, one of our fellow traveling families um, dubbed the entire thing Visagate 2012, which we all thought was rather appropriate. So needless to say, I spent the following day um, speaking to a courier service, frantically gathering documents, filling out applications, getting passport photos taken, and buying money orders made out to the embassy of Ethiopia. By the time I got the package sent out, I was kind of a wreck, like, what if something goes wrong? You know, what if UPS loses my package? What if the embassy burns to the ground and the courier service can't get the visas in time? You know, what if the plane that's carrying my package crashes and the passports land in a body of water and sink to the bottom, never to be seen again? You get the idea. My what ifs were getting more and more ridiculous as I obsessed. The other issue with this whole thing was that it was costing us around $300 more than if we could just get our visas on entry. $300 was a very small sum in the whole scheme of that adoption, but I was just feeling overwhelmed by one more unexpected uh, unexpected fee. And as I complained and fretted inwardly, I felt God asking me to calm down. And I felt his spirit saying things like, 
Let's see, Larissa. So you trust me to lead your family together from two different continents and across an ocean. And you trust me to heal your child in Ethiopia because Sentayu had had some very serious things showing up on his referral paperwork. Mm, that's right. Um, but, you know, you don't trust me to return your passports on time? Like, don't you think that I love Sentayu far beyond what you do? Why would I lead mm-hmm. you this far and then forget to handle the little details? Mm-hmm. And I knew he was right, but I was still really doubtful. Yeah, but this is costing us even more money, Lord. And again, he answered, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. $300 is nothing to me. I could feel myself calming down, but my rebellious heart wanted proof of his provision. So I said, okay, then you're right, father. Still, if you somehow miraculously provide us with an extra $300 this week, I will know that you are completely in control of the details of this whole visa thing. It's kind of ridiculous, right? Hmm. You know, like when will, when will I learn to just trust what he's saying without asking for additional proof? (laughs) But we all do that. Mm-hmm. That afternoon, Yakalo and I spent some time reading books together on a blanket in the backyard. And as I stretched out on my back in the beautiful sunshine and looked up at the maple branches against the bright blue sky, I finally you allowed... found money. <laughs> I did not. But oh, I finally just... allowed his peace to overtake me. And I breathed in the beauty and I knew it would all be OK. The next day, when I arrived home from work, there was a message on our answering machine. Back then, we still had those from a dear friend. Um, she said that she had some donations for us to take to Hannah's Hope, the transition home where Sintayu was living. I called her back, mm-hmm. and she brought the items over a few minutes later. She also handed me a check and said that their family had decided that they wanted to contribute to our adoption as well. I told her that it really wasn't necessary, but she assured me that they really felt led to do this. I set the check aside without looking at it, and we talked for a few more minutes. I told her about the whole visa situation and asked for their prayers over it, that we would get our passports back in time. After she left, I carried everything into the kitchen, and as I put it on the table, I looked at the check for the first time. The amount (laughs) stared up at me in what seemed like 10-foot-high numbers, $300. I suddenly remembered my frustrated plea from the day before and felt so ashamed of the way that I had doubted my father. He provided exactly what I asked in less than 24 hours. I'm so grateful for the way he chooses to lead us through our times of silly doubting. He wouldn't need to do this at all. He has already provided so much for all of us, and yet he chooses to reveal himself over and over along the way. Um, That was the last time I doubted that those visas would come back in. And on the following Wednesday, we got them in the mail five full days before we needed them to leave for Ethiopia. But it was just one of those little moments that I remember from that whole adoption experience that even in the small details, I mean, we could have come up with that $300 without too much hardship. And yet God used it to show me that he loves even the small details. Wow. That is really neat how God showed up exactly when you needed it. Yeah, it was really encouraging um, at the time. And I I think another thing that um, was kind of neat for me to see is that when we shared that story with the family who had donated us that $300 check, it was really encouraging to them too. Um, They were able to see God move in, in that moment too. And I do think it's really important for us to share the little stories in our lives, the little miracles that we see, the little interactions that we have with God, because those aren't just for us. Um, They are for us, but they're also for the people around us. Because I think that, um, you know, our stories of how God touches our lives can enter 
um, you know, encourage and impress other people as well mm-hmm. and make them understand a little bit better about who he is. Mm-hmm. For sure. So. And for that lady, if she hadn't listened to the prompting of the spirit, you know, it, it was all a part of God's story. Yeah, for it you absolutely guys. was. And, and that's what she said. I mean, she gave, she, she, I remember her telling me, you know, all glory to God, but wow, it's so, it's so exciting when he allows us to interact with him and allows us to, you know, to be used as part of the story. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here. You're welcome. Your story with us. You're welcome. Have a great day. Yep. You too. Thanks. And now I have one last story for you. Okay, so I am with my friend Jill. And Jill, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am married to Pete. We've been married for 27 years, dated for seven years before that. So we definitely did not rush into things. We have four children and a son-in-law and a granddaughter. And we have... Uh, family business that we all pretty much work at at this point. Some paid, some not. Um, and yeah, that's who we are. Okay, excellent. So you have a story about God's timing to share with us today. I do. And I can't wait to hear it. So I'll just let you get started. So it was three years ago, early in 2017, life was really, really good. We didn't have a whole lot of big bumps or anything. And I just got this feeling that, you know what, something's coming down the pike. I have no idea what it is, but it was just on my heart. So my prayer over those few months was, God, whatever's coming, just, you know, give us the grace to handle it and to grow from it and to handle it well. Hmm. And I went for my routine mammogram Um, mid-May and they called back and said we'd like you to come back and have an ultrasound done okay no big deal my mom and sister had had that for years and Mm -hmm. I expected that and then they said we'd like to do a needle biopsy Mm. all right we're starting to get a little more serious Mm -hmm. so went in for that and had that done and then they put me in a little room to wait for the results I I can't quite remember, but I think it was the same day. I might've gone back a different day. I don't even remember. But I remember when I went for the results, they sat me in a room. The lights were dim. I was on a sofa and there was a box of Kleenex in front of me. I said, okay, it's not going to be good news. And I had breast cancer. And that's what my bump in the road was to be. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, after that, they sent me to a general surgeon at first, and I wasn't really happy with that. I decided I wanted to go to somebody who specialized in it and went on. But I had a two-week appointment, two weeks before, uh, in between, not knowing what my plan was going to be and what was up. And <clears throat> that morning, I just woke up kind of in a panic, you know, what's going on? And I turned on my phone and normally my Bible app did not show up on my home screen, but that morning it did. 
and it was second Corinthians 12, nine and up popped up. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect for, in, for us in weakness. Most gladly, I will rather glory in my infirmities. And, um, you know, how is this going to affect my life? I had to take a good attitude about it. A couple hours later, it popped back up on my home screen, which <laughs> had never happened before either. <laughs> so you needed that, that verse right then. Yes. Right then, I just knew I needed it. Oh. And then a couple weeks later, I finally got in with a surgeon that had been highly recommended, went to meet with her. And that morning, I opened my Bible. And the verse that came up was um, the one that I just held through and have continued to hold through all these months. And it was Isaiah 41, 13. For the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. Um, in my mind, I don't know why I picture God holding my left hand, probably because I talk with my hands all the time. So my right hand is constantly moving and they'd have a, he'd have a tougher time grabbing that and holding it still. But just the thought of God holding my hand and leading me through whatever was ahead was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, after that, I had two more weeks to wait until I could meet with my oncologist. And in that time, it was just a super time, busy time for my two girls. My youngest was in eighth grade. She was heading to Washington, D.C. with her class trip and was a little anxious about leaving and what was going to happen. Um, my older daughter was taking her national boards. She's a dental hygienist. And it was just a good time not to even able to think and make decisions because of everything else that was going on in our life. Mm -hmm. um, the two verses that held me through that Psalm 37 opened again and again, fret not, fret not, fret not. <laughs> and wow. Psalm 46, verse five, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And in a time that you could be fretting. I was, I was definitely fretting a lot, Yeah, but God showed me that um, there was no need to. Yeah. So we got a, treatment plan and we moved on and I was going to have chemo followed by surgery followed by radiation okay. and my next big hurdle was I was going to lose my hair mm. and cutting my hair first or do I not cut it and we live in Rockville and if anybody knows Rockville it's a very conservative congregation mm -hmm. and I knew my mom was going to have a struggle with it. Mm -hmm. I personally was not struggling with it. It was more how I was going to per be perceived mm -hmm. by the one around me, which was only Satan working at me, I know. Right. But I just really, really prayed and I opened the Bible and it was 1 Peter 3 3. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. And wow. Once again, God was right there giving me the answer, the confirmation that I needed in his timing. Mm -hmm. wow. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. 
so the summer progressed and I had, I honestly did very, very well with my chemo. I got tired. I never really got sick. Wow. I had some other side medical issues that caused me to get sick, but nothing from the chemo. But through it all, in the next few months, I kept opening to scriptures that pointed to thankfulness. And I really, really had a struggle with that. Day after day, and I have a number of them listed here. I don't know if you want me to say what they are or not. I'm happy to, or I'm just saying, you oh, know. Whatever. Um, We're here as long as you want. Uh, <laughs> Colossians 3.15. <laughs> Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and be ye thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5.12. Give thanks always for all things unto God. In the Psalms, oh, give thanks over the, unto the Lord. It's over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossians 4, continue in prayer and watch with the same, watching the same with thanksgiving. And I just really, really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. You know, God, you want me to be thankful for this? Right. But, and, and it just all keeps coming back to me now, the times that we're in with this coronavirus and everything else. Yeah. It's just, you know what, we can be thankful for we're in this because it forces us to slow down and just take the small things. Don't fret about things. God's in control and he's going to handle it. And that, I guess, through my whole, that I'm through uh, surgery and radiation and everything, as long as I kept a thankful attitude, it was a good day. Mm, that's interesting. And even my kids, you know, they say, you know, mom, you're a different person. You say yes more, which kind of worries me. Maybe I do too much, but, I don't <laughs> <think so. laughs> but you know, you, you're, you're more mellow, you're happier, mm-hmm. you smile more. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christians, that's what we need to be. And maybe mm-hmm. I needed cancer to make God see me that that's in myself, that that's mm-hmm. where I needed to be. So here we are today, Yeah, <laughs> you know, in our houses with our kids, some right. of us not knowing what to do, but I'm just trying to really stay thankful mm-hmm. and cling to God's timing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Awesome reminders for, like you said, today, right now. Yeah. And we're all stuck in our houses. We are. And it's so out of our control. Mm -hmm. We'd like to say it's, we have control over it, but we really don't any more than I had any more control over what was happening three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been cancer free? Uh, I finished chemo in, no, finished chemo in the fall, then surgery. And then I had radiation through my last one was Valentine's day of 20. February 2018 and every six months I have either a mammogram or a MRI and they have been clear since wow so God is good Mm -hmm. I do do have that a lot of I do have a lot of survivor guilt I've had friends or people that I've met through it all that have Mm -hmm. had it come back some have passed away some are in the middle of it struggling Mm. and there's the guilt 
of why not most people would think you know why me and that's actually right. why not me well but then again too i just have to trust god's got a plan for me and i better mm-hmm. be active mm-hmm. yeah for any of us that still have life it's that's for all of us huh exactly we think of lizzie right now oh laying in the hospital i know it my heart just breaks for her and yeah it's like why why her exactly why not one of us why not me i've had my kids they know me they could function on their own this poor little juniper doesn't even know her mom yeah yeah horrible yep can you um at the beginning you said that things were going really good Mm-hmm. Can you see how that, if it would have happened at any other time, you might not have been ready to go through what you had to go through? Sure. Yeah. If it had happened when things were down and bad and mm-hmm. then it got hit this on top of it yet, mm-hmm. it would have taken me, a, I'm sure, a lot longer. God was definitely preparing my heart. That I know. Yeah. Um, Can give us comfort. Yeah. That God's in control. And Mm -hmm. I think anyone that goes through something a lot tougher than that, even God will work in their heart and he'll prepare them. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So anything you want to leave us with? I mean, I feel like we got a lot of great stuff. All those verses that you said, just, I just feel like we need comfort right now. We do. And your, your story is definitely one of comfort. I think we need comfort and we need to remember that attitude and perspective are huge. Mm -hmm. And those are two things we have control over. Mm -hmm if we choose to go into this saying, oh no, I'm stuck in the house. I have nothing to do. I, my kids are driving me crazy. It's not going to go well. Yeah. But if we wake up every morning and have a prayer that starts with thankful, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of something else that's changed in the last three years. I consciously, every prayer I start, I start with a thankful before I ask, Mm -hmm. which has been really good for my attitude. Mm-hmm. That is great. Kind of a funny little side note. A couple of years ago, I had no clue what to give my husband for, I guess it was Father's Day. Okay. And I always used to wish that um, Father's Day would come before Mother's Day so we could kind of show him how it's done. <laughs> Which is not a good attitude to have. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> like we've maybe thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you give them that's going to mean something? What can yeah. I do? So I took the month from like, I don't know, Father's Day was the 15th of June or whatever. So I took like from May 15th to June 15th, one month. And every day I kept a little journal of something about him that I was thankful for. Wow. And it just changed my perspective of how I viewed him every single day. 
because I found myself as the days continued that I was looking for the positives mm -hmm. rather than the negatives. And mm -hmm. I just kind of carried that through into life as much as I can. Mm -hmm. You know, some days the positive that I wrote down was the dirty socks made it to the hamper. <laughs> we do have a very real life and a very real household. I mean, I'm not yeah, yeah. say we live in any greatness here. Yeah. But there if you put it instead of saying, oh no, the underwear and the jeans and the t-shirt are on the floor, you know what? The socks are in the hamper. Yeah. One step at a time. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, like oh, I, I said, that. For, for me, just attitude and perspective have been huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, well, like I said, it was I think it will help way out of my box, way out of my comfort zone. But like I said to you earlier, who are we to not share what God's done in our lives? Right. Right. 